0: Good morning, Cypress Bible Church. So glad you're here this day after Christmas Day. I ask that you stand and sing with us now. Here we go. Come all you weary, come all you thirsty, come to the well that never runs dry. Drink of the water, come and thirst no more. sinners. Come find His mercy. Come to the table. He will satisfy. Taste of His goodness. Find what you're looking for. Come lay them down at the foot of the cross Jesus is waiting God so loved the
1: world Amen. Aren't you thankful for God's love? The scriptures, yes, hallelujah. We can have mighty shouts of praise even with not that many. That's okay. We're so glad you came here to worship. You know, we just celebrated Christmas yesterday. I hope you got everything that you wanted, right? And everything that you needed, but the ultimate gift was one that God gave to us. And the most famous passage in the entire Bible we just sang about, John three sixteen. it says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And then John 3, 17 says this, and I want you to say this with me because this verse is so powerful and I believe a a point that Jesus wanted to make after this was stated. It says this right here, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. A lot of us maybe have different views of who God is and through our experiences, maybe with our earthly father or some spiritual leaders and figures in our life, but God came with grace, he came to welcome us us in with grace, with love, with accepting who we are and then taking us to the place that we need to be. He didn't say come all cleaned up and come get ready. He said, bring all your failures, bring all of the things that are not right right now to me and I will help and I will get you to the place that you need to be. And that's the beauty of the gospel that we don't have to fix ourselves. It's not about our own effort, our own merit, but we are fixed, if you will, by him. Our identity is found in him. We have this uh, peace that can live inside of us because of who we are in Christ, and it's not of our own efforts. And this next song speaks of that truth. So as we continue to worship, think about your identity in Christ and that you are sons and daughters of God. Sing us out. Who am I that the highest
0: king would welcome me?
1: I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his
0: love for me. Who the son sets free. To see Jesus died for me, yes, He died for me, who the Son sets free, oh, is free. place for me I'm a child of God yes I am I am chosen not forsaken I am who you say I am you are for me not against me I am who you say I am I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Oh, I am who you say I am. I am. in my Father's house, there's a blessing. child of God, yes I am. Oh, I am chosen. We are the sons and the daughters of Jesus, our Savior. Sing this out. I am chosen, not forsaken my father's house there's a place for me I'm a child of God yes I am
1: you can be seated as we continue
2: Good morning, Cypress Bible Church. I'm Tony Spenson, the Go Pastor. Uh, if you're visiting with us this morning, we want to welcome you uh, to our church. And if you'd like to learn more about CBC, there's a QR code right on the back of your, your pew, and you can scan that. Find out more about uh, what we're about and how you maybe fit in with us here at Cypress Bible Church. Uh, as a church, we, we gather in life changing worship, we grow in life changing truth, and we go in life changing mission. And so we want to thank uh, Cyrus Bible family for the way you contribute to the ministries of this church. Um, you do have an opportunity to give up till December 21st for your uh, year-end giving. If you want to do that, you can do that online. Um, so feel free to do that. Uh, in terms of giving, we also want to let you know we very heavily want to invest in the mission of God globally. And so our missions giving is separate from our general giving. And one of the the great blessings that we have as a church is to send missionaries out into the world and represent uh, us, but more importantly, represent the kingdom of God. They bring God's gospel, they make disciples, they plant churches, uh, and the money that we invest as a church into that goes to, to funding missionaries. We fund a lot of missionaries. And so this morning, we have the a, a great privilege of having the Simpsons, Come up to the stage. So for those of you who don't know the Simpsons, they are getting ready to go. Come on up, come on up. They're getting ready to, to go to South Africa. Uh, we as a church will be leading a team there in just a few short weeks uh, to work with the Sebra Huggins. and the Simpsons will, will join us there and then they will land in Cape Town. Uh, and so their mission really is to do what I just said. They want to represent the kingdom uh, in, in Cape Town, but the, with a larger vision for all of Africa. They want to mobilize Africans to reach Africa. And so we want to get behind them and support them as a church in this work. And so we'll be sending uh, short-term teams in the future to work with them. Uh, and we're just excited that, that God has brought them to us. When we read in the scriptures about the Apostle Paul and all he did in his journeys, Uh, at the very beginning of that, the church of Antioch, through prayer and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set aside for me Paul and Barnabas. And so part of the the great responsibility of of our church and, and the church is to send missionaries out. And we as a missions team, we've been praying, we've been fasting and And the Holy Spirit clearly brought the Simpson family to us. And so we're so privileged that they get to be a part of the work uh, that we as a church get to do in the world. And so would you join me in prayer as we commission the Simpsons family and we get ready to send them out to the nations, to South Africa this morning. Let's pray. Father God, we are just so in awe of you. We are amazed that you invite us into this great commission work that you called us to. You sent your son into the world for a purpose to seek and to save the lost. You didn't come to condemn the world, but to to save it. And so, Lord, we thank you that as a part of this work and as a part of the life of Cypress Bible Church that we get to send this family out. And so uh, we pray for the Simpson family. We pray for their, for their journey, that you would be with them, that you would guide them by your spirit, and that we as a church would support them in every way that we can. And uh, Lord, we know that you have great plans for them. Your, your desire, your heart is for Africa. Your heart is for the nations. And so I pray this family would go with the gospel with the desire to make disciples and plant churches and to see that there is no place left, not a single person in all of Africa who doesn't hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And may again, we partner with them in a way that would benefit and and support their ministry. So we commission them now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Lord, send them and be with them and guide them and glorify yourself through this family. We pray and we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, amen, amen.
1: Thank you, Tony, and thank you Simpson family. At this time, we're gonna transition to a really sweet time of another children's message. So I wanna invite any fifth graders and below 12 years and under, y'all come on up and meet Pastor Evan here on the thrust. Y'all go ahead and run this way right now. And we're gonna have this special time. Pastor Evan, thank you so much for leading this time. Thanks.
3: Uh, Yes, please come on down. Don't leave me all by myself down here. (laughs) Everybody come grab a seat up here and we're gonna, celebrate Christmas a little more today. Um, so I asked some of y'all, uh, Christmas Eve services, if you wanted to bring any Christmas presents that you got today. And I might see, oh, I might see one right here. Is this something that you got for Christmas? What is it? I like, you wanna show it to everybody so everybody can see? Look, look at that Lego dinosaur. Can I show it to everybody?
2: Look at
3: that. Is there more at home? Oh yeah, that's awesome. What are some other presents that you guys got for Christmas? Oh, I see Sawyer showing off a cool watch. Very cool. Your sister got a Fitbit. Oh my goodness, that's so cool. You wanna show that Fitbit to everybody? Look at that. Oh, she can get all exercise. That's great. Well, I bet you guys all got some special presents. Now I have a little bag up here to remind us of presents. Now I got this present from my mom right here. So it's pretty nice and soft. Isn't that pretty cool? And so we all can get different presents for Christmas. And so let's look what's in this bag. Let's see if there's anything in here. Let's see. I got some paper and... Oh, oh, wait. Oh, no. Oh, no. The bag's empty. Does anyone feel sad when you, like, get to the end of the bag and there's no more presents inside? (laughs) You're like, oh, no, that's it. But today, I want us to remember that we get so many gifts and presents that don't come In bags. So can you guys use your imagination with me? And let's imagine, what are some gifts that God gives us that don't go in bags? So let me think. Let me see what we have. We have the gift of Jesus that we celebrate at Christmas. Let's see what else. What are some other gifts that God gives us? We have the gift of love. Everybody do this. Everybody put your hand over your heart. We have the gift of love that God gives us. We have the gift of, you know what? Our family, I bet your family is out there. We have the gift of friends. I have some friends from out of town that are visiting today. We have the gift of breath. Every day we get to wake up and have a new day. What are some other things that God gives us? What do you think? Salvation, you're right. We have the chance to have a relationship with God and be with Him forever in heaven. That's so exciting. And what we want to do when we get a gift. Oh, no. Oh, Yeah. But it's so special that we get pets and we get family. Yeah, and we get the best gift of God. Now, I want you guys to do something with me. Now, what's something when you receive a gift, what are you supposed to say? Thank you. And so when we think of the gifts God gives us, we need to say thank you. So would you guys all pretend you're either reaching into a bag or unwrapping a present? So everyone, think of something God give you? You guys as well, everybody, let's all pretend like we're unwrapping a present or reaching into a bag. And together can we say thank you, God. Ready? One, two, three. Thank you, God. Let's do another. Think of something else God's given you. Ready? One, two, three. Thank you, God. Let's do one more as we think about the birth of Jesus, the whole reason we celebrate Christmas. All together, one, two, three, thank you. I hope you guys have a thank you God heart as we continue through the Christmas season all through next year. Let's thank God for every gift he gives every day from dinosaurs to Jesus. So thank you all so much for coming up here and y'all can go ahead and head back to your seats. Thank y'all for being here today.
1: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Evan. And I'm so glad you came to church today. I hope you're glad you came to church today. I don't think there's a better place to be right now than worshiping the Lord. And I know some of us may be a little tired. Some of us may be just a lot of stuff going on at home, but I just wanna encourage you as we continue in worship, this is a moment that we can gather together as a church body, even on the last Sunday of the year and worship the Lord and set aside this time to be very specific and intentional about our actions. And I just wanna invite you to worship with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength as the word of God says, he says to love us, love him with all of his heart, with all of our, <laughs> he says for us to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I just invite you to do that. Sing with all of your being as we worship the Lord and exalt his name on high. Would you stand together with us?
0: He is exalted, the King is exalted on high, I will praise Him, He is exalted, forever exalted, and I will praise Him name Exalted, the King is exalted on high. I will praise him, he is exalted, forever exalted, and I will praise his name. Is exalted on high Oh, Exalted, The king is exalted on high.
1: And Lord, in this place, we lift up your name above every name. Lord, your fame above anyone and anything else. Lord, we celebrate your birth. We celebrate your life and we celebrate your resurrection. Thank you. Thank you for the gift that you've given us. We love you and we worship you in the powerful and strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. We're excited to have one of our very own, one of your members, Jeremy Little, is coming to preach the message today. So would you welcome Jeremy?
4: Good morning. Very glad to see you all today. And Merry Christmas, Merry, Late Christmas. <laughs> so today, uh, we're shifting from Christmas. I did I really appreciated Brian's lesson on the life of Joseph. I thought about going on from that and, and starting where he left off. but uh, if anybody knows me, I'm a massive history buff. And I didn't want to subject you to all of the things that I got out of Josephus and the early church fathers. So I'm sparing you from that today. But today I want to talk about something that is very near and dear to my heart. I was so happy when Pastor Bukema asked me if I wanted to preach again, I, I, or teach again, preach or teach. And I told him, absolutely, I'd, I'd love to teach again because I, I love teaching God's word. It is indeed, as you see up there, it says our identity in Christ. And one of the aspects of my identity in Christ is that God has gifted me in, in this way so that I can teach. And so when I when I can exercise my gift, I get I, I feel his pleasure. And so that's what I want to do today. But as I'm going to talk about this our identity in Christ, I want you to think about. Your identity as it stands now. And I want to take you on a little journey of my identities. And hopefully you will identify with it. There are so many things I could have brought up uh, with this topic. So many things, so many applications for you. And I wanted to speak in generalities. You know, a a pastor gets up here and they'll have all sorts of illustrations. And they'll talk about, well, Tim... At my previous church, I knew a guy named, let's call him Tim. And these things happened to Tim, and then you, you're supposed to identify with Tim. Well, today, I didn't want to use Tim as an example. Apologies to anyone named Tim. I wanted to use myself as an example. And in using myself, it's going to be a bit personal. And you may identify with my journey, and indeed, I know, because I'm Facebook friends with some of you, some of you will be able to very much identify with my journey because you, you may be there right now or you may not. But let me take you on a journey of my spiritual development. It's a collage. It's a nice collage. I made it, my, my wife loved it so much. Right, honey? Okay, it's a collage. You see there, awesome since June 1976. I was born in June 1976 physically. And then on the other side of the screen, you'll see awesome since 1981. I have a second birthday. What happened in November of 1981? What happened to me? Anyone want to guess? Born again, amen. Yeah, you can talk to me. It's fine. It's okay. I won't bite. Yes, I became a believer in November 1981 because my, my parents raised me in the church. In fact, you'll see some other things up there. Look, Houston Northwest Church. Anybody know where that is? 249 in Cypresswood. You know what it was called when I went there? Northwest Memorial Baptist Church. That's what it was called. I was raised Baptist, and being raised Baptist, I got the gospel every Sunday. So my spiritual development I got it from my parents, I got it from my pastors, I got it from my Sunday school teachers, I got the gospel all the time. And and back in the day, we were not very rich. We had a tape recorder. Some people have videos when they were kids. I don't really have those videos, maybe in the 90s when I was a teenager, but I have tape recordings, uh, cassette tape. Uh, uh, Parents, explain it to your children what a cassette tape is. Show them later. It's good to know. There's a lot of fun things you can do with it. But I had a cassette tape. My mom would record us. And she has this really cool recording where I'm asking her questions about Jesus and how sad I am that he died. And she's explaining the gospel to me for the 597th time. And then I prayed with her and received Christ. Well, I continued on in my spiritual development from there, just like everybody else. And we went to Baptist churches. I went to Houston Northwest Baptist Church. I was in the youth group there. We went on short-term mission trips. We went to Ocala, Florida. We went to Splashtown. Oh, my goodness, every week in the summers, we would go places, and and we'd go and have fun. But we'd share the gospel everywhere we went. It was crazy. We'd go up to, like, crazy people, run up to people. Let me tell you about Jesus. It was really fun. And uh, Cypress Bible Church, I I finally came to Cypress Bible Church because this guy, Greg Sauer, anybody knows the Sours. Greg Sauer, he was in my grade, and he said, why don't you come to my church? I said, what church do you go to? I was going to the Met. You heard of the Met, Metropolitan Baptist Church? Yeah, Amen, i got to believe you're back there. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> okay, so I, I was going to the Met, and he said, why don't you come to my church? And I said, I can't go to your church, I'm Baptist. <laughs> so I wound up coming here. And I went to the Yeely's house. No, not the Yeely's. It's Genevieve Yeely now. It's the Connors. Genevieve Connor. Went to her house for the youth group and fell in love with the people here. I've been coming here mainly ever since, except for the time I spent several years in Boston and in Nashville. That's for another sermon, though. So in coming here, though, I continued in my spiritual development. I was in small groups and uh, all sorts of Sunday school type classes and the youth group and all of that. Well, I also wound up, while this was going on in my church, development at church, I was raised, not just by my parents who had a massive influence on me, I was raised by the Lloyds, Charles and Barbara Lloyd. Charles Lloyd is a navigator. And the navigators, as as you may or may not know, it's a missionary organization, and they focus on discipleship. And so he discipled me, and he's pouring himself into me. And people at this church are pouring themselves into me as well. And I have all these people pouring themselves in my spiritual development. And I'm growing in Christ. And if anybody, anybody watching this or here that went to high school with me knows that I brought my Bible to school every, every day. And that was just part of who I am, my identity in Christ. Eventually, I went to Dallas Theological Seminary it's a great story. Oh, I'd love to tell you about it. I'll just tell you just a, a little bit. So my my wife, uh, we had just had our, our first child, Jasmine. And, and my wife was ready to quit her job to devote to, to raising our child. And I had a great surprise for her. I was working for ConocoPhillips. I had a great surprise for her. I said, honey, I'm going to quit my job and go to seminary. <laughs> that really didn't go over well. I don't know. Uh, wives really like security. Uh, Well, I wound up doing that, and so I got my degree from seminary, Dallas Theological Seminary, and from there, started a ministry here with my buddy Dylan Hill, who also went to DTS, and we started this ministry called 2GAB. It stood, it stood, past tense, for two guys in a Bible, And we started this ministry, and this is a Bible church. We're teaching God's Word in a classroom. And and I'm so used to people interrupting me with questions, and and, and we talk back and forth. It's so fun. It's so fun. And and he and I, when I was on the elder board, he and I were trying to start Cypress Discipleship Institute, a layperson seminary, because that's what we really felt God designed us to do this. We went to seminary. One of our professors said, you know, it's a sh- somebody asked, "Can you?" The professor, or student said, "Can you give me just a quick explanation of what the Trinity is?" And the professor closed his Bible. He said, "Isn't it a shame that you came here and spent tens of thousands of dollars to learn something you should have learned for free at your church?" That had a big impact on Dylan and myself, and so we started Cyprus Discipleship Institute. It was a layperson seminary. Free for all, forever. COVID came. (laughs) Not just COVID, but Dylan got called into the ministry. Dylan went away. And now he's a pastor somewhere. Up in Pampa, Texas. If anybody knows where that is. It's in the panhandle. It's still there. Uh, (laughs) Now I was left. No more was two two guys in a Bible. It's just the one guy. And I didn't like that. Name anyway. That's why we'd always call it two gab. Jack Martin's the one that wanted it to be two guys in a Bible, and, and Jack Martin's hysterically funny. So, but we we uh, all right. I sorry. I kept it going, and two gab now stands for to gather all believers, and so we kept the two gab. Yeah, I mean uh, for marketing branding's important somehow, and uh, kept the Bible over there. All right. So that's my spiritual development. Maybe your spiritual development was similar to that. Raised in the church, applying God's truth to my life. Going to seminary, which is crazy, but maybe yours is similar to something like that. Let's talk about my other development, my political development. We'll briefly go through this. I'm hoping that you're familiar with some of the things up here. As we look at the collage, as you feast your eyes on this little collage that I put together. You got uh, born in the USA, because I was born in the USA Anybody know the, the next one in the middle, the two, the two boys standing all doe-eyed? Anybody know who that is? Somebody? Baby boomers, come on. Johnny Tremaine, nothing. Johnny Tremaine and the Sons of Liberty? You know, America's the good guys here, people. So Johnny Tremaine is a, a Disney show about this boy who lived during the Revolutionary War. And I identified with him as a child, and I used to love to watch those. And, you know, we're fighting against the British. We're standing up for freedom. Like G.I. Joe, the real American hero. And the Cold War was going on. Remember the Cold Anybody missed the Cold War? Yeah, it, was, it seemed easier back then. The Cold War was going on, and I hated the Russians. Anybody else hated the Russians back then? Because they're uh, the commies. Remember the commies, the Red Scare, and all that? Yeah. Okay. And then, oh, Lee Greenwood. Anybody sing God Bless the USA growing up? It's several people. Anybody sing hymns at church and sing God Bless the USA? Get a little confused as to maybe it's a similar thing. It's kind of worshipful a bit, isn't it? All right, we'll deal with that in a minute. Then I got the three R's. You want to know what the three R's are? Reagan. Republican Party and Rush Limbaugh. My political identity as I'm growing up, okay? And then, ooh, look at that picture in the bottom corner. That's the fall of the Berlin Wall. My kids don't understand. There was West and East Germany when I grew up. And there was West and East Berlin growing up. A lot of great songs came out of that. Anybody miss those great cold war songs from the 80s well this the, the berlin wall fell and then after in russia fell the great communist threat was gone and then we had the first gulf war where my uncle vance went and then 9-11 and terror and america's the good guys and i was as i was conforming to the image of christ on the one hand, I was conforming to the image of something like a, an American patriot. Ready to die for my country. Ready to spread freedom throughout the world. Because that's what we're called to do as a patriotic American. You do your duty to God and country. Don't forget the country part. So this sort of thing happened. This mingling of the cross and the flag. This intermingling, as I was formed into the image of God, I was formed into the image of America as well. Or at least the version of America that you saw on the previous slide. I realize there's another version of America. But we don't like to talk about that on my side of the political aisle. Anybody ever experienced this sort of thing? So in the midst of this, you see there is a real fight going on between the Republicans and the Democrats. And people that identify as a Republican, you know. And and there's been a study recently that the Republicans believe that um, the, the biggest problem that America faces are the Democrats. And the Democrats believe that the biggest problem that America faces are the Republicans. And so they hate each other. And if you identify as one of those, you're on the front lines and you know that to save this country, all we need are Republicans in every office. Because every time the Republicans have controlled everything, things are fixed. Nothing's broken. But if you're on the other side of the aisle, every time the Democrats have controlled everything, like now, everything's fixed. Nothing's broken. And as I, as I look at this picture, I, I put this white cross on there, just because it's hard to see And and just like I'm I'm fashioned in the image of God, and I'm fashioned in the image of this country, it's hard to see the cross in the midst of this political debate, political fight. And then I had to deal with my ministry partner, Dylan. Dylan, the quasi-libertarian guy who's kind of apolitical of sorts, and, and he's always talking to me about, why are you such a conservative? I, well, I'm not really a Republican, Dylan. I'm a conservative. He's asking me about the Cold War. I'm telling him about the Cold War. He said, you know, how badly did you hate the Russians? I said, well, I, I <laughs> look, I, I, didn't, I wasn't raised as a baby boomer. I'm a Gen Xer. And in, in HISD, we had those, uh, those drills. Anybody remember the drills? <laughs> you, you have the drills where you have to get under the desk. It's for tornadoes. Or, or what, or else, uh, What? nukes, in case we were nuked, because the last thing you want to see is whatever was on the floor under your desk. I mean, <laughs> that's going to help. I mean, of course, the desk back then might have helped. They were made out of, made of metal. All right, so he, he said, you wanted to nuke the Russians? I said, well, yeah, I did. You got to get them before they get us. And he said he, even the anybody know that picture of the guy on the bomb doctor Strange love circle gets a square well done, yeah, uh, and he's about to nuke russia yeah he, he said, even the Christians of russia you wanted to nuke the Christians in Russia I never thought of that and i'm i'm he's sitting he said i i thought you were Your spiritual formation was above all this kind of thing. He said, you need to get into God's word, Jeremy. How is it that you go to DTS and you still have some of this on you? And I was on my way of trying to get out of it. He said, you still have some of this on you. Don't you know God's word in context? And Lord, that's the greatest thing you taught me, your word in context. And I pray that these people will learn your word in context. So I was challenged to look at God's word, and and by golly, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at two passages that had a massive impact on my life. First one is Philippians 3. So if you have your Bibles, I have it up on the screen. It's the New American Standard. Turn to Philippians 3. We're going to look at verses 17 through 20. Philippians 3, 17, we're going to look at this a little bit piecemeal. It says, brothers and sisters... Join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. That's powerful. This is just the beginning. Follow Paul's example. And follow the people that are like Paul. And in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, he expands on this idea a little bit. Follow my example. Be, be an imitator of me as I imitate Christ. Christ is is what we should be imitating. Here's a hint. Your identity is in Christ. So this is the beginning of looking at that. And and what was Paul's example? He used his spiritual gifts. Oh, Jeremy's saying spiritual gifts again. Hey, I I taught on spiritual gifts. I love talking about spiritual gifts. Whatever your gift is, that's what you're supposed to use to build up the church. That's what Paul was doing. If you use your gift, even Jarrett in the background who who moves the slides. Hi, Jarrett who moves the slides, he he loves to do that sort of thing. That's his gift to do it, to serve on a Sunday. Or or Lael here, thank you for signing and using her gift and her heart. So every gift is different. Paul planted churches. He had like a big dog gift. He went around planting churches. He's a big reason of why uh, we're all believers here today. Well, God is. But he followed Christ's example and Paul used his gifts to build up the church. So that's one thing. Paul actually lived out what the word of God said. He was formed by what the word of God had done in his life. The word of God. What the word of God had done in his life. Okay? Keep that in mind. His spiritual formation. That's Paul's spiritual formation. Let's look at the next two verses. Philippians 3, 18 through 19. For many walk of whom I often told you and now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. Do not walk in this way. He doesn't want you to walk in this way. Follow his example. Many don't walk in his example. They set their minds, they set their eyes, they set their hearts on earthly things. Things, earthly things, things of this earth, not the eternal. We're called to have an eternal perspective, not a temporal one. I hope you start to see some tension in my own thinking back those, those uh, slides that I have with all the pictures on it. There's a tension with that, earthly versus the temporal. And then here's the apex. Here's the apex of this little section 320 says for our citizenship is in heaven from which also we eagerly wait for a savior the Lord Jesus Christ who in any sort of political hierarchy remember who is at the top it is not Biden and it is not Trump it is not Reagan I know, I I lost a bunch of you there. Sorry about that. It is God. God is at the top. But let's see what this says. This is this is a great word. This word citizenship. It's a Greek word. Politiuma. It's a commonwealth of citizens, a state of citizens. Our citizenship. I was proud, but I'm proud to be an American. Our citizenship is in heaven. And here's another Greek word I want to show you with this citizenship. It's the Greek word used here for in. Typically the Greek word for in is en. And it means en. Our citizenship is in. But here it's this really cool word. It has this backwards look. Our citizenship is in heaven. It exists now in heaven. It's been established of old. In heaven, that's where our citizenship is. Heaven is our foremost citizenship. And our foremost allegiance should be to her, our country, heaven, not America. This is is the fun thing about being a guest teacher. I I was telling Brian Carroll... (laughs) Uh, I said, I think I'm probably going to offend about 70% of the congregation. The diehard Republicans and Democrats are not going to be happy with me. But I'm looking at God's word. Uh, Paul did use his, surely you'll say, but Paul used his Roman citizenship. He did. In legal matters. Just before he's about to be beaten in Acts 22, he's tied up. They're ready to beat him. And he says, he lays this one on him. And this is great. Is it legal for you to whip a Roman citizen before he's even been tried? And they're like, oh, he's a citizen. Uh, and they got all, they clammed up. It's really fun to read. You should go read in 16 and 22 to see how Paul used his citizenship. Paul didn't spend his time talking about Roman politics. He wasn't going around Galatia talking to them about, well, you know, Caesar has really become a tyrant and we need to go back to the Republic. no. He wasn't concerned about that because the solution isn't Caesar or the Senate. What is the solution for Rome? The gospel, Jesus, right? If you look at all nations through the lens of Philippians 3.20, you're going to realize every nation is a foreign nation. And you are a citizen of heaven. Oh well, that makes you an alien and a stranger. All right, well let's look at the other side of this. Second Corinthians five, seventeen through nineteen. Keep that in mind, you're a citizen of heaven. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So your identity, you're a citizen of heaven. You're also a new creature in Christ. Your identity is in Christ. In our broken relationship that existed before salvation, God reconciled us to himself through the blood of Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins. He accomplished that. And this reconciliation that he accomplished is now part of what we should do. We should also work to help others to see this reconciliation that we've received. And that's part of our ministry. Use your gift, yes, but part of your charge is to be a part of this ministry of reconciliation. And then here's the catcher. Oh, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We are ambassadors. What is this word, ambassador? presbuo it's like a presbyter, it's like an elder. But this is a legal term. It's a legal representative of the political authority that has sent them. An ambassador represents the monarch from which they've been sent in all matters that are pertinent to their mission. You are a citizen of heaven. You are an ambassador for Christ in this nation. We're ambassadors for Christ. We are his legal representatives. Who's at the top of the political hierarchy? Is it Biden? It's the Lord. And we have a higher calling than what you're this earthly one that we're thinking of. Imagine if an ambassador decided that let's say that someone from Italy comes over to America as an ambassador. And instead of doing the business of Italy in America, they decide they want to become an American citizen and become a champion for America. What would Italy think of that person? Or if it was someone from China or someone from Russia or anywhere else, what would their native country think of them? Tell me. Traitor? 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 (laughs) Traitor. Yeah, they'd be viewed as a traitor citizenship is in heaven and we're ambassadors of Christ think about that somebody just said traitor are we trying to become associated with the citizenship that is of our physical birth or our heavenly birth so we are ambassadors here in the United States on behalf of heaven we're ambassadors for Christ with this ministry of reconciliation And if God is sovereign over all nations, then we have no king but Jesus. Now, this was all well and good, you know, dealing with Dylan, talking to him about these things, getting to God's word. I got into God's word, and I started to see this, and I started to get really convicted. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you. The whole time that I was being such a patriot in my mind and getting into fruitless, stupid political debates, I was reading God's word and feeling this tension of, wait a minute, Wait a minute, Jeremy. I saw that all nations are going to fail, but I said to God, Surely not America? He said, Yes, her too. No, no, I'm not a prophet. I didn't hear God's voice, and I didn't. But yes, America too. Hmm. So the Bible has made an excellent point. What if the early church didn't follow it, though? Well, what was the early church like? Well, I've got a great quote here, and this will be one of the last things we look at. This quote is from a First century disciple. His name, Mathetes. And Mathetes means disciple. He wrote a letter to this Roman guy who wanted to understand Christianity a little better. And so Mathetes is explaining to this Roman guy, it's called the Epistle to Diognetus. And Mathetes is explaining to this guy about what it's like being a Christian in the Roman world. Let's read what they thought. This is a first century church, circa 130 AD. A person who claims to be a disciple of the actual apostles. He says, Christians dwell in their own countries, but simply as sojourners. Every foreign land is as their native country, and every land of their birth as a land of strangers. They pass their days on earth, but they are citizens of heaven. They obey the prescribed laws and at the same time surpass the laws by their lives. They love all men and are persecuted by all. They are evil spoken of and yet are justified. They are reviled and blessed. They are insulted and repay the insult with honor. They do good yet are punished as evildoers. Yet those who hate them are unable to assign any reason for their hatred. This is how the early church saw themselves in the Roman secular system they were in. They were sojourners. Just like our forefathers, Abraham, our forefathers, Moses, strangers in a land not their own. So I'm reading all of this, and I'm going, okay, I'm doomed. I can't be a patriot anymore. And I circle back, and I'm talking to Dylan one day. I, 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 you know, I should have put another birthday on here. When when I got woke in in the good way woke to this reality of what God's Word said, so instead of nuking Russia now I love Russia. I don't just love the Christians of Russia, but I have to love Russia. And and no, does this mean that you can't watch Doctor Strange Love anymore? That's your whatever your conviction is. It's a really funny movie. But I changed, my heart changed. God changed my heart. He used my brother Dylan. He used other people. He used his word, which is the most important. And he used the example of our brothers in Christ who went before us. In closing, remember your identity in Christ, my friends. I know, I hit on the political stuff. You know how many different things, maybe you identify as something completely different. Maybe you're like my mom and you're now a vegan and that's your thing. It's okay to still be a vegan. But whatever your thing is, maybe you're a druggie, maybe you're an alcoholic. Your identity is Christ. If you are in Christ, you are a citizen of heaven and an ambassador for Christ. Political arguments are earthly things. Do not set your mind on these earthly things. Focus on the affairs of state. Heaven, focus on your ambassadorship. You are an ambassador. We follow Paul's example. He's an ambassador. We're ambassadors. If you want to help America or the world, the only answer is Jesus. I'm also an economist, and and I can reason out all sorts of things as an economist, And talk about, well, really, some other solutions are needed. No, listen. (laughs) You're not going to, Paul knew he couldn't solve the problems of state because it's a problem of the soul. And people need to come to know the Lord. And once they come to know the Lord, then they'll live that out. Your identity is in Christ. Do not forget who you are, my friends. It's really easy as an American patriot, whether you're on the left or the right try to shrug that off i was able to do it you know what in stepping away now i'm able to look at things subjectively and go oh my goodness these people use the same tactics on each other they're so petty and hate-filled man we're called to love the world we're called to ensure that we know who we are do you know who you are our identity is in christ let's pray Lord, we thank you so much for this time that we've had to look in your word. I know this is a hard lesson for some of us to hear, Lord, but I ask that you would remind us of that. And Lord, you haven't all called us to do the exact same thing. You've gifted us in different ways. So please convict all of us here to do the things that you have called us to do and not get these eternal things, Lord, and not get wrapped up in these earthly things that are futile. And oh Lord Jesus, heal this nation. Heal America. Lord, help us to be your hands and feet, not just in America, but in the world. Lord, we thank you for this time. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.
0: Find my worth in you, I find my identity Ooh. God, you'll have every victory. What you say you mean, I believe.
4: That was my story, and you know, that sermon really helps me. And I I realized that it was very focused on a certain aspect of identity, confusion. But there are many things that confuse us, so I call you my brothers and sisters in Christ. Whatever your application, whatever your context is, remember who you are. You're a citizen of heaven. You are an ambassador of the highest sovereign of the universe. And we're supposed to be imitators of Paul. So find out what your place is. As an ambassador, you have your own role. And you can fulfill that role. Next week, we're going to look at what our duty is in Christ. But be thinking about your identity this week. And may you go with God. Let's pray one more time. Lord, guide these people on the path that you have for them, and myself as well, Lord. We are your ambassadors. We are your citizens. We are your children. Thank you for this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now go be an ambassador.